what is up everybody welcome back to the make it happen podcast with myself nolan Ulm. today we've got my guy terrell janna vancouver native former d1 football player d1 receiver at the university of virginia he's number 12 all time at university of virginia with 123 career receptions number 17 all time at university of virginia with 14 100 career receiving yards this guy is a dude he also was the 17th draft pick in the cfl so uh this terrell's a, a legend if you're uh one of the guys around my age uh you know we looked up to him as the guy who paved the way to go play division one football down in the south and not only that but at the acc uh in the acc conference at the power five level absolutely incredible awesome dude i was blown away truly blown away he's such a good person man and more than anything else they say you don't meet your heroes because they let you down but terrell didn't let me down in one bit he was a grinder he was a dog he was real so i can't wait for you guys to hear this please think about how you guys found out about this podcast because someone told you word of mouth that's how this podcast grows please share this along um, shows people that need to hear Terrell's message. I hope you guys enjoy. Keep making it happen. Here we go. Terrell Jana. I pre I really appreciate you getting on. I know how course, much your time is valuable and stuff. So, man, let's Terrell, let's start back like Vancouver, BC. You know, you're you're playing ball up there. And then what kind of leads you to this decision to to go to Woodbury? And I'm sure it's a loaded, loaded deal, right? But that's a pretty big decision, and you're kind of part of that first wave, correct me if I'm wrong, that really started to, you know, there's quite a few guys that followed your footsteps of going to uh, schools down south while still being in high school, right? You look at guys like Jamal Mensa and some of these different dudes that that made that choice to do that. Like, what led you to do that? And then what was the time frame of it, right? It was like around 2015, you went your junior yeah. year or senior year? It must have been 20, it must have been 2015, yeah, it was after my junior year of Canada, when I was in Canada, um, yeah. and then I had to reclass because the school, Woodbury, didn't allow for, like, one-year transfers. Um, and looking back, that was the right decision. Like, I, I needed two years, one, like, just to develop um, and just to experience it. Like, going there for one year of football, like, it was a little bit too transactional. So, going there for two years, like, really allowed me to, one, just build good relationships there. Um, you know, that this you know, the school was just fantastic. So, like, I had the support system around me. Um, if I went for one year, to my, I might not have been acclimated the way I should have. Um, but yeah, how it started was, you know, being in Canada, man, this, the goal was just to, you know, go to the league, to, to play sports. I love sports growing up. It's all I did, watching my older brother play. Um, my earliest memories of sports just like being too young to play and just watching him. And, and then we're just thinking how bad I want just to be on the field doing it. Um, and yeah, so then, you know, we just training, a lot of training. We got in touch with um a guy named Eddie Ferg and, and Karen um and those two like they were a huge part in like changing the trajectory of of what I thought was possible um and then also the opportunities that were put in front of us um I know I think Eddie played in 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 uh university as and um uh and Karen was like a strength and and conditioning and kind of sprint coach um and their son, uh, Jamal, uh, which, you know, he was a young man at the time when it just kind of worked training with us, but he was really young. Um, and shit, I was young. Um, but we would just go to different, we'd train a lot. I was training with my brother and a couple of older guys, you know, 
who were like Noah and Malcolm and some other guys who were older than me. So making those steps into university and, and going to camps um, and, you know, I always looked up to all those guys. So I was just trying to compete with them and, you know, push the same weight as them, do all these kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so what, what we did was we started going to camps around, you know, you know, Washington, you go to East Coast, you go down, down South. I remember going to Oklahoma one time, it was like a hundred plus degrees and I was dying on the field. I was dying. Um, and once one we we're camp in Dallas, Texas, and Eddie he met um my soon-to-be quarterback, Lindell, with the Woodbury me and UVA after yeah, uh, met his dad at camp, actually. They're kind of chopping it up. He's like, Yeah, like you know, Lindell's dad said my son goes to a boring school. And then Eddie told me, say, Hey, like this is a school in Virginia, like you can go to. My goal at the time I had no offers, all I wanted to do is get offers. So I thought, okay, I gotta go down here and be, put myself in an environment to have success. Um, yeah, so after my junior year, I decided I visited with uh, my pops. And then I went to two schools, Woodbury and Episcopal. And Episcopal has a bunch of Canadian guys there. Uh, uh, Luigi, he, who was on Minnesota, I know he's still there right now. Jonathan Sutherland, which is in, in Seattle right now. Patrice Rene, who's I think in BC Lions, but played at UNC. Um, they were all there at the time. Uh, so I was like, okay, this is kind of, I guess, a spot for me. Then I visited Woodbury, and man, it just like my gut, my heart just told me Woodbury's place to be. Like it's the environment. I remember I was staying with a guy named Clark Yarbrough, who was like a five-star All-American offensive lineman. He was just, I mean, biggest guy I've ever seen at the time. Uh, just dominant. And I remember seeing his stack of letters. Like you, we wouldn't pick letters every day. He would get a stack of letters from recruitment and teams. I thought, damn, like I ain't never seen that. I remember I was in Canada. I used to get like a couple of us every, every week from like Purdue and like random schools. And that was the world to me. Like once a week, I was like, Oh my God, dude, save me something. So seeing him every week, I mean, every day, pull that out. And like, just pretty much throw him in the trash. I was like, this is crazy. So I'm like, okay, I got to go to this school. Cause this is all I can do here is football and school. There's no, there's, there's no girls. It's, it's just all boys school. You couldn't go off campus. You couldn't drive anywhere. There's nothing around. I'm like, I can't get distracted. You know, like I just, all I can do is get to my goal. Um, exactly what happened, man. Surrounded by amazing people, uh, amazing kids, amazing coaches. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I got down to to Woodbury. Wow, that's that's a really cool story, man. I could totally relate to that, right? Like you always dream of getting those letters, and yeah, yeah. I'd get like one from this school or that school. It's like, oh, but it's crazy the perspective, right? And I'm sure for you, it's so cool that you got to experience that because a lot of Canadian kids don't get to see that firsthand. How how was it living away? Like, I know you said, it, you know, it, it probably sounded great. Like no distractions going to get me to my goal, which it did get you to your goal. But how was it living away from home at such an early age? And, yeah. you know, I'm sure there was some tough moments for you where you missed home or yeah, where you're trying to see something other than a dude, you know, like next to you. Yeah. Like, I just think about that. Like, it's crazy. Your high school, high school experience was a lot different than a lot of other people right so how was that it was um yeah looking back like now that I'm older I'm like dang like yeah in the 2015 you know I was what 16 17 years old like going across the country to a different country to go to school like in Virginia like it was you know a, the culture shock was one a huge aspect of it so I number like thinking okay yeah let's, let's just do this like I just thought this is what I gotta do yeah. and then looking now as older I'm like dang that's a, that's a big jump and like I can see why my parents weren't so easy to let me go like it's a lot of convincing of my mom to like be okay with it 
Um, my dad came with me, so he saw he saw what it was. So he kind of knew like this is a great opportunity. I mean, it had a golf course there. They had everything was on on campus. So I'm like my math teacher like was just if I need to help at night in study hall, I can go to his house, knock on the door, and ask for help. Like that's that's what wow. the environment was. It was amazing. Um, so we knew it was a place to go. Uh, my mom, like she didn't, she didn't go there. She didn't see it. It's across the country. Like it took some convincing. Um, but yeah, yeah, honestly, bro, like I think because of the environment, like it was, wasn't too hard. Um, like it was a culture shock, you know, started saying yes, sir. You know, no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Saying y'all, you know, <laughs> hospitality. Like I, we have days we have to wear certain stuff, like wear just collar shirts and khakis. Like you kind of fit that, um, like that frat look in the South is kind of what it was. So like I, that was, for me, was different, you know, I had my hair, my hair was different. It goes all like, I was just different than anybody else. Um, and uh, so it was a little bit called shock. And at times I number like after games, like I would hear things or like when you're sleeping, like sometimes I don't know if you felt like when you're sleeping in a place and then you, as you're waking up, you think you're somewhere else and you wake up and like, oh shit, I'm not where I thought I was. And like, so moments like that, like kind of like, little heartbreaks like oh like I feel like I'm at home on a Saturday morning here my parents downstairs and I wake up and it's just me and like my homie across there. I'm like ah like nah <laughs> we ain't there so moments like that kind of you know bring you down but at the same time like I was surrounded by amazing people my friends were great this the support that I had was great I would travel home occasionally to see family so that was I was getting that scratch and I just again I knew why I was there like it was it was a, it was a, a mission it was a point where I was doing this so like it made it all easier um and yeah I'm, yeah i'm surprised again i think because the place where i was what made it so so easy and possible before man you know if you went somewhere else i don't know if it would be easy but like i had a great support staff um and it was a constant man like it was when i tell you like every single day it was live breathe like how do we get closer to getting where we want that's all it was and my friends around me were the same thing we had like our quarterback had a bunch of offers so he was a you know the upper echelon um but for us we we're so frightened fighting and you know um kind of crawling to get that that offer so like every day was you know study hall ends let's say at you know 9 30 you know 9 20 9 30 and then um bed checks 10 so we just we study hall we sprint to the gym get a workout in and sprint back to check in as every night in the mornings we go you know 5 30 5 a.m before breakfast and go breakfast like that was an environment we had like it was a privilege because like we could do that you know i could go work out and just go back to study hall i can go work out and go to class like it was all in that same space um we had multiple fields indoor facilities like we go in the gym when it's winter time and throw in the gym like it was we had all the resources we needed and then i was surrounded by the most important thing was people who had the same driven mission i had so um yeah it was tough but at the same time it was like i had an amazing environment yeah yeah that's that's really cool it almost sounds like because even i i'm thinking of you know i'm just relating what what your journey was to mine and it's almost like a lot of my frustrations were taken care of by the place that you were in right having that environment of those guys and you know how important that is like yeah. you're the average of the five people you hang around so i can only imagine like you guys were just pushing each other, just hungry. And you're seeing these other guys get offers. You want to get offers. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like you get down there and then you start balling out. Like what's your recruiting process? Like when does university of Virginia come in the picture? Were there any other schools that were kind of on your radar? And like, yeah. what was that like? Cause that's like, I was looking at your 24 seven thing and it looks like, you know, Virginia is the one that really stands out, but like, 
ACC, that's big time, man. That's big time. Yeah, yeah man. I, you know, looking back, I remember I really wanted to go to a Ivy League school. Um, Cause I just, the school, I'm like, I, again, like football for me was always kind of a, like it was a means to an end. Like I really enjoyed the sport, um, but I really saw it for like what it was. Although like, I, I, you know, I kind of, I wanted to play NFL and everything, but like for me, it just, it got me to all these places. Like got me to STM, it got me to Woodbury, it got me to Virginia, got me to Saskatchewan. And like all these connections I made at these places are made, especially Virginia, like the people that I talked to on a regular basis, even without football, like the deans of, of schools I talked to just like a couple of days ago, professors who are writing books who are lobbyists in DC that like that I'm casual with. Like it's amazing the connections that I have because of it. Um, so that that's like one, an invaluable thing that I wish I saw earlier, took advantage of earlier. Um, but yeah, man, recruitment. So like when, when I decided to go to Woodbury, I had no offers, and right after I did that, I got an offer from Ohio, my first offer. I remember it to this day. I was, I can't remember what class it was, but I was in a class. I remember where it was in STM. My coach came in, knocked on the door, and said, like, hey, can I, can I borrow, you know, borrow Terrell? And I stopped out, and he's like, I go to his office, and the coach's on the phone. I talked to him. He gave me an offer. I remember, I remember where I was facing everything. It was amazing. And then that was the first one. It was after I decided I'm already going to, to Woodbury. So wow. I, like, oh, I just decided to stay and, like, just go to Ohio? Like, should I just do that? Um, and then after that, Recruiting is a little weird, man, because it's just a snowball. Like, it's just like once one does, like after that, Nevada um, and Rice, and maybe one more, this offer, like, like the following days, like instantly. Um, so I was like, okay, I got three, you know, three, four offers now. I just stay in Canada, but I, I already gave my word to Woodbury, I already gave my word to, to the coach and to school. So I'm like, I'm going to go because I, I already decided. Um, other than the, so the university, they pretty much said, like, okay, if you go, we're, we're going to, pull the offer like kind of thing for this year and see what happens. I was like, all right, you know, cool with me. If I got it now, I can get it, get it, you know, next year. And then next year. Yeah. Just a lot more kind of bigger schools. I remember Virginia. We like my first year at fall camp, we traveled to Virginia at the time, my quarterback and the lineman I was talking about, they were big time recruits. So Virginia was trying to recruit them. Um, and they knew that like, I was interested in Virginia and stuff. So they were like, Every time my coach would call him over, like, hey, Clark, come over here. He'd bring me with me. He'd bring me, like, hey, come with me. Come meet this coach. Come meet this guy. And it was the nicest thing in the world. I remember wow. him, like, really putting me, like, like, hey, coach, this is, like, he's a wire receiver. He just came, like, putting me in front of them. Um, I remember that practice, too, man. Look at how big everybody was, how fast they were moving, how quickly it moved, the, the whistles, the music. It was just, it was live. And I remember talking to a wire receiver who was injured, who was on a bike. Just kind of talked to him. And then, looking back like he was my former team became, became a teammate of mine and remember at the time thinking like seeing him and thinking of the like, image i had of him and then as i got older how the image changed and how like oh like he's not like he's not doing the right things like, he's not, like i thought who, who he thought who i thought he was um that wasn't truly what he was kind of thing wow. and it was kind of like a little bit of a fallacy and then i so yeah at the time man was just like i go into i go to camp still i remember doing virginia i did virginia's camp before they offered me I didn't have a lot of offers. Um, and then I did some camps. And then I think once UVA offered, once like Maryland, um, you know, the Ivies, most schools offered me, like it started coming in. And I don't even remember, you know, a good amount of them, to be honest. Uh, but I remember UVA, Maryland, and man, maybe one more school was like, oh, uh, Wake Forest. There it is. Dang. Oh, that's those huge. Are my, yeah, those are my like kind of top three. And, and then, 
I remember after I went to UVA camp, UVA, the coaching staff that committed to Mendenhall, they were all about doing hard things. Like hard, the hardest thing you can do, there's something called Condition Black, which I think is like from the military, is when you get so tired that you, you kind of shut down and you're just in Condition Black. Like you can't function. And he, like, that was the kind of thing, like he always say, like, until you get there, you, you can always do more. So we're always just, the camp was impossible, dude. It was an hour-long camp. So it was short compared to other camps. It was hour yeah. long. And the wide receivers, bro, we just hit. Actually, no, at that time, I was a DB. I get recruited for DB, too. So all my offers were for doing the back. Um, I don't know why, but just just because. Uh, <laughs> the whole camp, we hit a bag. We just hit a bag. And did a couple back, you know, back pedal drills and one-on-one. That was the whole camp. It was the most tiring thing I'd ever done. I was exhausted. My parents were there. I talked to the coach. I don't think they offered me right away in that camp. They might have. I'm not totally sure. Um, but I remember we're driving down to um, to Duke's camp, which was six hours. I remember I was dead tired, bro. And I remember, like, Duke and UNC, I want those offers. I remember hearing about the basketball and stuff. My dad loved UNC. So I wanted to get the offer at the same time. I was so tired. I was like, and I knew at that UVA camp, like, I want to be at this place. I want to be a yeah. part of their So I'm like, I'm not going to a six-hour camp. I told him, let's cancel it. I don't want to go there. Uh, we went instead and just visited Wake Forest, which was in UNC and then or in North Carolina. And then went up to uh, to Maryland after. I did those three visits with my parents. Um, I just knew, like, I just knew, again, when I visited Woodbury, like, I just, that gut feeling. But that was the same thing with UVA. Like, it was UVA, Maryland, it was all about the facilities, man. It was like, we're building a $90 million facility here. We got all these uniforms. We have massage therapists. Da, da, da. It was all about the things they have. Wake Forest was kind of about... Man, I, bear, I just remember how small the school was. I remember it was like 5,000 students. I was at a small high school. I didn't want to be in a small place. But again, like, oh, we have a heated turf. We got all these things. Again, it's about just like what they have. Yeah. And UVA, the coach, but every coach I met, all I talked about was the head coach and the mission. This is this is what we're doing. This is the mission. This is Mendenhall quoting him. And it's all about like the people. I thought, oh, shit, I want to be here. I don't want to, I don't care about facilities. Like, you know, UVA, they were just, terrible they still are they're building a new facilities right now but it was there was nothing there um relatively i'm sure compared to you know so certain schools is a good amount um but i remember i committed because of the people there were two and ten that year they sucked and they said we're building something special and it's like I, they wanted me to be a part of it. i said okay that's the people i want to work for yeah um so I, after that man uva it was it was not even close it wasn't even close <laughs> wow so yeah. you, you touched on it, like there's so much to unpack there, man, like really, really cool story. But you you said, you know, you you get the offers in Canada. That's crazy. Like what what's your thoughts there? Like because you said like, yeah, like, oh, I could stay in Canada, but you gave your word. Right. So what what was what kept you going to have that hunger that you had in Canada? Like, you know, there's a lot of people. They get that Ohio. Boom, Nevada. Boom, Rice. And then. You know, that's kind of it. But like what what happened? Did you, did your goal shift to like, OK, I'm going to go get like a, a power five or, uh, you know, like, yeah, like an ACC school. Like what was that? And then also like kind of tying with that, like. You, you mentioned it a little bit like, you know, it was a means to an end football. Right. But like what was your why? Like the big why that kept you going? Yeah, man, that's a good question. So. At the time, I wasn't too familiar with conferences and Power Five, FCS. I didn't really get it. Like, I knew some schools were small, like just smaller, but for me, it wasn't like I need a Power Five. Like, I didn't never heard the term Power Five until yeah. I was right at UVA. So, like, I didn't really know. Wow. Um, for me, like UVA or Ohio, 
it was all the same. It was just like a scholarship. That's what it was for me. Um, and my goal in high school the whole time was to get a, a full ride scholarship just to pay for school. Like, that was it. Like get school paid for. My parents can keep, you know, any money they saved up and like no loans. That, that was the only goal I had. Um, so yeah, when Rice and them offered, I was like, okay, I can just like is Rice a good school? It's a great school. I right, sweet, let's go there. Like that's all I really cared about um was the school itself. Uh and then when I got down to to Virginia Woodbury, um again, like at that time, like the offers were kind of rescinded because it was another year. So I again I was at zero offers again. Um, so it was just starting again. All right, let's let's retry this thing. Um, so at the start, I was just, you know, I know offers the whole junior season. So and most of the time you get offers post-junior season is kind of where it happens. So I had I just had to work. I didn't get a scholarship. So junior season was getting to that scholarship. Um, and after that, which I started getting offers, you know, start getting a little more relaxed. Like it's just that way off your shoulder. Like I I hit the, the goal and now everything else is great, you kind of thing. Um, but it was just again being surrounded by the people I was surrounded by like a lot of the a lot of my boys like they didn't have offers didn't have the offers they wanted um I number like our rival was Episcopal so the other Canadians over there like we were like every every day we're trained to beat those guys in a rival game like that was a huge deal uh and then yeah I think just you know just taking pride in in my work like I I you know I I enjoyed getting better and the good thing too is my quarterback and I committed to the same school so our goal then was now let's go there and let's play. Like, it's like, let's play right away. Let's play first year. Like I think of this team of two and 10, I mean, we can go in there and play kind of our naivete at the time, not knowing how different college football is. Um, so we were preparing, like at that point, we we're paying for college. We were even preparing for our season. Like we're like, we were, man, we played a lot. We were throwing running routes every single day. Like, again, when it was cold out, we went to the gym, just ran in sneakers. Did one on ones in the gym it was crazy. Wow. Um, we were on the field, you know, at night in the morning in the weight room constantly. Just like all we did was just doing that. Um, so we're working towards, yeah, getting ready so we can play first year. And then I'm trying to think, uh, what's the second part of your question there? Just you, you kind of already answered a lot of it. Like, you know, like you're saying, right, like you're your goal kind of did, it kept evolving because that the goal of the group was evolving. Right. But the the second part that I asked was. <clears throat> really like what was the strong why because like, yeah you like you touched on it football was a means to an end but like why why did you have the desire to play division one football in the first place and then like it it just like like I, like I come back to like that's crazy you a you were gonna leave Canada and go to the school b you got mm -hmm. offers and then you still left and then you know like you stay in Virginia like you stay out on the east you don't ever come back to the west right like why mm -hmm. why go through all that was it your parents was it family you know like you know usually there's an overarching why that's really carrying you through it yeah man you know what like i i don't know i have a i just an, an internal i guess drive um like initially it was just to get a scholarship that was my why so once i got it it was like okay i just go to school now pick up all there that's it like you know yeah I enjoy football, but that was it. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm done kind of thing. And when I got to UVA, the reason I committed there was because of the mission. Like, they were like two and 10. They want all these things they want to do. Go to the bowl game, win a bowl game, AC championship, you know, all these things. So I'm like, so that was now, like, I just bought in. Like, that was my why. My why, my why was this the team. I was like, all right, how do I, 
put myself in a where I can best contribute to make sure the team gets to where it wants to go. I was fully bought in. Um, and all along the way, one, I don't know how hard it was, like how hard I had to work to make an impact. Um, my first year, I mean, I, I one, two, maybe three catches, special teams, could barely get open. Like it was a culture, like again, another culture shock, how fast everything was. Like the D linemen, linebackers were as fast as I was. I was like, this is crazy. Like they're all moving at the crazy speeds. Um, so I just learned how hard I had to work to get on the field. Um, and then, bro, bro, I'm just in a good way. My pride and ego was there. Like I remember the first, our first uh, day of training for all the freshmen, the first, we call them first years, all the first years. We couldn't, we weren't allowed to train with the rest of the team. So we had to earn our way to train with the team. And UVA is all about earning your stuff. We had a white t-shirt and black shorts. You didn't have any UVA gear. You had to earn your gear. Had no number, had to earn your number. Um, you couldn't work it out in the weight room. You had to earn your way into the weight room. So all we did was push-ups, planks, and bodyweight squats. And just a blind of us. That's all it was. And we had to do it as a unit. The form had to be perfect before we could get into the weight room. And once you got in the weight room, it was like, we earned it, right? Like, we got in there, we're like, oh, shit, we got weights now. Like, hey. <laughs> um, which I love. Looking back, man, it was an amazing environment to be in. But that day one, I remember thinking, like, I want to be – another goal I had was to be a captain. Uh, I really take pride in, like, people seeing value as me, the leader, and and trusting me. Um, so I'm like, hey, I want to be a captain here. How do I do that? So I'm like, just, I got to be in the front. Whatever I do, be in the front um, and just work the hardest. Just be the hardest worker here. And I remember my teammate, Joey Blunt, who was on the Seahawks recently, um, and I think he's a free agent now. Uh, he was out there with me and he had the same mission. So he and I, he was a DB on bar receiver. So man, we just went at it from day one. Like we were like, we we're side by side. So we we're holding up planks. We would, you know, who would drop first? It was doing body weights. It was who's getting too tired. Who's not going to talk to teammates. So like we were constantly picking people up and if he stopped, I'm like, okay, he's too tired. He can't pick people up. Like I can keep going. I'll keep, and that's kind of the battle we had, um, which made us both better. And it was probably, it was, it was, one of the hardest things I did was that summer. Um, so yeah, for me, it was pride, man. I hated, I didn't want to be, uh, that first year, I was just a, just, just a cock. Like you could replace me with somebody else and it wouldn't have mattered. I had no impact. Yeah. I hated that feeling. I hated walking through the building, not having respect from coaches, like other coaches, like not really know who I was, what I did. I didn't like that feeling. Um, so that's that spring. I worked with my, my large receiver coach. We put a plan in place. We're like, okay, this is what we're going to do to make sure we success next year. Um, and I was up at, that spring I was up at, shoot, must have been 4, 440, 4.20 in the morning. Every morning, get to the facility by 5. I do an hour of strength, core, and mobility work before meetings. Go to meetings, we have practice, at the practice class, class. I go back to the facility, do more core facility work. And it was like that for six weeks and it was the most hardest thing i've like one of the hardest i ever did it was tiring uh looking back i was in bed by you know 8 30 every night like it was i was on a schedule my whole every day was blocked off um so every sunday i make a schedule and we block it off i take a picture with three goals sent to my coach and that and his wife um we did it every single week and i made tremendous progress and the season comes no success nothing I'm, i mean i might have 12 catches the next year like it was some minimal and I number about four, five, six games in, we played Louisville at home. We won. 
I remember I get back to the facility. So we go from, you know, game to field to practice facility. I was in my locker, man. I just start, I just start breaking down, bro. I start crying. Cause I just remember thinking like how hard I worked and it was working and it, and it just, it wasn't working for me. Like I had all that hard work for nothing. And my coach, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know if he, he saw my car in the parking lot, but he, there was nobody else there, but he walked through, he saw me and then we had a conversation. Um, he, he, he just told me pretty much that failure was a part of the process. Like the, those hard times was just the process testing me of how bad I wanted. Like if I quit, that meant it didn't matter that much to me. I just, and he said, if you kept going, that you, it, it will come to light. The work you put in will come to light. And he gave me a wristband that said, rumble, young man, rumble. I just about just keep going. And I wore a wristband after that day for every single day of the rest of my college career. Like it faded. It was just at that point, just an orange wristband. It was really weird. Um, but I wore it every day because it was a reminder of like failure. Not only is it okay, but it's going to happen and you have to embrace it. Um, and then, yeah, after that day, I was just breaking down, crying in the locker room after a victory. Um, the rest of the season went pretty good. I just stayed on course. Same thing. A junior year, man, it all took off. It all clicked for me. It made sense. My confidence grew. Um, so like that whole that whole journey, like, it always changed. My why always changed. But, you know, looking back, it developed me as a person, as a man. Um, and yeah, bro, it, just, it started off a little bit of pride and ego. Like I didn't want to be a nobody. I didn't want to be just an average person. I wanted to be significant. I wanted to be a captain. I wanted to, when I walked through the halls, like everyone knew who I was and respected mm -hmm. me. That's, that was my goal. Um, I remember, bro, and I took it like so personal, like I, the whole Michael Jordan thing. Like I took it so, when a coach would acknowledge a different player, not me, I just numbered boiling up inside, thinking like, like you're going to like, okay, fine. Like it's okay for now. Like I'm going to earn that respect. And the different, the DB coach, bro, I had like, I had such anger and hate in my heart. We're looking back, wasn't a healthy thing. But it did help me to drive me. Like, I remember every day, the DBs and DB coach, like, it was my enemy. Like, it was worse than our rivals, worse than the team we're playing. Like, every practice, I'm like, I want to do everything I can to beat you wow. and then shit to your coach about it. That's all I cared about. Um, yeah, it was intense. Intense time. <laughs> that's Looking so back. cool. That's so yeah. cool to hear, though, man. Like, that's some real stuff. I appreciate you sharing that, like. Yeah, and we all and we all have that moment too, man. That's like, that's good for you, man. Like that that grind. I've I haven't heard many other people really get to that mode where it's everything's blocked off. And to hear it didn't pay off, like it yeah. didn't pay off. That's crazy. But it really was just. It wasn't you know a denial. It was just a delay, which is so so cool because we all saw. I saw you pop off and stuff, man. Like that was that was sweet. Like there that was a really cool season for you. Um, what was it like? Like because. And you've talked a lot about like the DBs competing with the DBs, but what about like the guys in your position group? Cause you had uh, some dudes there, you know, especially early yeah, in your career, right? Like uh, Olamide or how do you say his last name? Yeah. Olamide Zacchaeus. Olamide. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So like he was there, like, what was it like learning from him? Cause he's still balling in the league. Yeah. 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 My first year, it was, the room was, it was such a weird situation. They separated the outside receivers from inside receivers. Um, so at that time, it was like uh, two seniors, one named um, Andre Larone, who played with the Panthers for a couple of years, and Donnie Dowling, who had just, an, he had just had amazing, he had big old hands, he caught everything, everything, just everything come, he caught it. Um, those two, and then a guy named Ben Hogg, who became one of my best friends and uh, a mentor, just someone who I look up to 
to this day. He's someone I still talk to and work with on, on stuff. Um, and then it was me and two other freshmen. So that was the room. It was like wow. it was three seniors, three freshmen. Ben was injured, so he wasn't playing. So, was, so we had to play. Um, so it was, it was me versus two other guys. And I remember thinking, okay, the way I get in the field right now is by just knowing, knowing what to do. Like, I don't got to do it that great. But if I know what to do, they can put me in. So I just studied, like, I said, like a madman. I knew everything. I knew not just my position, but the other positions. I learned everything. Um, so when the time came, like, when someone was tired, like they would get tired, tap their helmet. I'm like, hey, coach, like, I can, I know that. I know X. I know Y. I know Z. I can know them all. I can go in there. So I, I, that was my, that's what I took pride in doing first thing. I'm like, I'm not going to be the guy making all these catches, but if they can put me in and know the play is going to work, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Other two guys that didn't do that. They just, they were more talented, but they just, didn't pick up the plays as fast as I did. Um, so they went on to the, to the, you know, the defensive um, scout team. Um, and then I went on to be with the two older guys and just, you know, I was just wherever they, all the dirty work I did. So my first year, man, I met every block and play. That was me. Every, um, you know, dummy route. That was me running just goes, 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 pulling coverage and then blocking safeties and pulling coverage and blocking safeties um, and special teams. I was, I was just doing all that. Um, so, you know, I beat out my other wide receivers just by knowing what to do and how to work. Um, and then after that, yeah, next year, Alameda came into our room, a guy named Hasis Dubois, who was fantastic, a guy named Joe Reed, who is, I think, still in the league right now, um, or he might just be a free agent right now. Uh, those guys were all, they were all in the room, man. They were all dogs. It was, it was cool to see, but they all had their special kind of thing. Like Alameda was just a technician, man. He was a crazy athlete could get open to use him all the offense. So like, that wasn't who I was. I'm like, so I, but I did watch him work though. Him as a leader, he was a fantastic leader. Um, and someone like I walked closely, I worked with him. We were on a jug machine, man. I don't think I, I, I pretty confident. No one has done that jug machine more than I have. I saw your story. You on it. So that's good, man. I was on that thing. Like a, like a, again, like a mad man. Cause for me, it was like, I, I want to be the, I want to be the best hands on the team. So like, me, Ben Hogg, Lamade would be on that thing. Every, like mornings, evenings, camps, after games, like at practices, like it was constant. We had a routine too, a way to get a hundred catches quickly. And then we started doing hundred. It was like, hey, it's too easy. So we started making it harder. We started adding obstacles. We had someone hitting us with a thing more catching. Like we did everything. We had a tire, put a tire down and shot it low. So that you couldn't see it for a second and trying to catch it low. Um, it's pretty remarkable, man. We got really creative with it. We start, we made videos for our coach so he can give it to other players. Like it was crazy. Wow. Um, like we just were I think 24-7. It paid dividends because my junior year, I think uh Hasis, he had I think zero drops, like on zero drops, and then Joe and I both had one drop on like over 100 plus targets. So we had three guys, 300 plus targets and two drops. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, man, so like it was. They were just so, so much talent. Again, it was yeah, competing to get on the field. And our offense was complicated, so a big part of that was just knowing what to do. So for me, it was learning the playbook and then just not messing up. And after that, like, I took so much pride in that. Then my coach had to start in some confidence. He was like, no, you can you can do more than just doing what you need to do. Like, at some point, you have to catch the ball and make a, make a miss and get plus yards. At some point, you can't just know the play, but you have to, you have to excel in the play. Um, so that's what happened junior year. Like sophomore year, I knew everything. Junior year, I came so comfortable that I was able to be free in that role. Um, 
So yeah, that, that's what it was, man. There was a great room, a lot of building up, and just a hard workers, man. Our coach, Coach Marcus Higgins, who's at Penn State right now, he just instilled just hard work. Um, so that's what the room was. It was fantastic. It was competitive, but also it was supportive and cooperative. Um, but yeah, man, you know, you know, football. Football is it's a weird space where you can be super competitive with people, but also have like a shared mission. You know, like there's only so many spots in the field, so you have to beat somebody. But at the same time, like you're all working towards the same goal. So it's a unique, unique kind of place to be in. Yeah, totally. So give me just real quick, give me the what was the routine to get to 100 catches? Yeah, man. Oof, I can remember. So we did, I want to say high, low, high, normal, low, and 25 each. So it was um, it might have been, yeah, it might have been more than 100 because we had 25 sideways high, 25 straight, 25 other side, and same thing. Low, boom, boom, low. So that's what, 75, 150. Yeah, I was way more than 100. Um, and something else. It might have been 20 then. It might have been 246. I don't know. It was something like that. Like, we, that's what we did. And then when that got to, to like, routine, and, you know, like, once you get comfortable, you're not growing anymore. Like, once, yeah. once it gets comfortable, so we got, we got to the point where, like, all right, like, this is too, we're getting too, like, muscle memory, so we had to change it up. Um yeah, so that was way more than 100. I don't know how much it was. It must have been. And we were flying, dude. We got we got a little well-oiled machine. And we took pride in how fast we'd go, too. So we'd have a guy catching. Um, you have a guy beside him who would, like, you know, get the ball from him. You have a guy beside the guy in the machine. And you had me, oh, next guy shooting. So when you're shooting, you're not even looking. You just catch, bop. That's how fast it was. You're catching and shooting it. So we have, was that one, two? We have three balls in rotation. And just, yeah. if we can get 100 catches in. I don't know, three minutes, something like that. We could fly through it. It was fast. Yeah. You just catching it, tossing it, catching it, tossing it, catching it, tossing it. It was fast. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Which is you need, you need four, three, three of the guys, four of the guys to to be as committed as you to get that done. Yeah. You only have one of the guy. Third machine's hard to do with two people. It takes a you catch, you got throw it, you gotta, you know, do this and put it in, laces up, and it takes takes a minute. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was good. It was fun, man. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we got to step our game. My favorite memory, my favorite memory is my senior year was, man, I was on that machine all the time. And it was like getting the young guys to come out. Like it was pulling teeth, man. They want, they didn't want to come early. They didn't want to do all these things, right? I feel you. And I'd still make them. And and I remember senior year, I walked into a meeting one time. And this time it was like COVID. COVID year was terrible, but we had a facility. I walked in, and before the meeting, there was, like, the three young players that were on the machine. Um, <laughs> and I just remember the feeling I had. I was like, dang, like, I remember being a freshman, seeing, like, Alameda and those guys working, and, like, they gave it to me, and then, like, I felt like we accelerated it, and it kept passing it down. Like, I didn't see the tradition being passed down. I'm like, oh, shit, like, they're going to be all good. They, they got it. I did my job, pass it down, and then now the next generation, they're going to pass it down. And every time I see the stories of like, the young guys doing it, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like, uh, it's still going like the work is still being done so yeah it's always uh that's one of my favorite memories we've seen that just walking in and seeing those guys pick up you know where i left off or the guys before we left off it was fantastic yeah wow really cool stuff man your legacy is going to live on for a while it's really cool for you okay. to know that so obviously you start to come into the end of your career what's uh what's this like draft process like with the cfl and then even the nfl like and you know, like, what was it like training for that? Just give me like that, that kind of aspect of your career, um, especially 
it's going to be helpful for me because that's kind of coming up for me soon here too. And and how you approach that. And then also like, did you have any like camp opportunities with NFL teams and then why, you know, go right to the rough riders, just a lot of different variables with all that stuff. Right. Yeah, man. Looking back, I think the COVID year, which is the wrong year to come out of the league, uh, we'll, we'll go to college. Uh, that year, they, the teams, they pretty much like they cut like one of the little mini camps and they cut down how many players they brought on. Like they, they only brought on like it was like like draft picks and maybe two others. So the spots mm-hmm. were very small. Wow. Um, you know, looking and now like when I look like the past year and stuff, like just like all the guys was playing with all opportunities and like I was like, oh, I should just waited one more year. I should have waited one more year before coming out because there have been a lot more opportunity. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, like I remember at the time too. Like I was so at that point in twenty twenty, like. Football was hard. Like it was, it was COVID. We're in mass. Like it, no fans. That was a tough year in general. Um, <laughs> and then I started having like this crazy pain in my feet, dude. I don't know what it was. Like I just had like crazy feet pain where like I couldn't practice that much. Like it would limit. Like that was. I took pride in how my work ethic too. So not being able to like be the hardest worker really affected me. Um, so like I'd have practice it'd be cut short and coach like more my coach would like they at that point like I was kind of you know one of the top guys so they were like they would know like okay you're out for this for this team session you're out like just just relax um and I think that really affected like my approach to football like, to me be at my best I just have to be knuckles in the dirt like I can't I can't just like I'm not a guy who can show up and yeah. just step on the field and ball like that's not what I have to be like get up really early be really tired do an hour of, of, you know, mobility work and then go, I guess that's how I succeed. So that year was tough, man. I had bulging discs on my back. My feet were messed up. You know, it was just like constant pain. And like, I was so tired of, of UVA is hard, man. It's practices are hard. The workouts are hard. What for you to have success in that environment, like you have to, it takes a lot out of you. So I was, I was done four years. I'm like, I can't come back a fifth year. I'm done with this. Like I want to move on to the next chapter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was training, you know, training wise, it went good. I wish I did more football stuff. Like it was tough to get a, a quarterback to throw for me at the time. Cause I was at UVA and like those guys, like they were, they had school and they were in fall and spring, spring camp. Like they, they couldn't come up and throw for me that much. Um, so I wish I had more of that. And I think it would have been better to go somewhere around people doing the same stuff. I stayed at UVA to train because I was still in school. Um, and the reason for that was because I was in a special type of school at UVA, which um, I just a unique situation I was in. So I wish I went somewhere else to be around guys in the same mission. I was mm-hmm. on my own. Like my roommates were still playing football. So it was kind of weird. Um, so the, I would have changed that. Definitely be around more like-minded people in the same, same mission. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, just it was – COVID year, again, opportunities were slim. So at that time, it was just really the CFL. So I was like, I just went to see. I didn't have any, any NFL opportunities. Okay, I'll go to CFL for a year. I'll play there a couple of years. And, like, if I'm good enough to go to NFL, like, Aubrey's going to be there. I'm going to have the opportunity. Like, you see Nathan Rourke. Like, if you're good enough, you're going to get the opportunity. Yeah. So I'm like, right, let's go to CFL. It's fine. I'll go back to Canada, get some Tim Hortons. I'm all for it. <laughs> um, and Saskatchewan, like, it was a new experience. Like, I thought it would be really cool. I really enjoyed my time there, man. When it comes to the city, like it was a small, very small city. I enjoyed that. Um, the people so down to earth. The fans were great. Um, I quickly learned that one, my feet and my back just kept getting worse. Like I just couldn't solve it, man. I couldn't solve the problem. 
Um, and that affected me because I couldn't work as hard. I couldn't do extra work. So I started getting heavier too. Like the first time in my life, I was over 200 pounds, which was rare for me. But I couldn't, I couldn't put extra work in because my feet hurt too much. Um, so that paired with, I remember just thinking like I was lost interest in football. One was Canadian football, a little different. Playbook was crazy because now you can do motions and all. It was just crazy. Yeah. Um, I had success early on, first two weeks. I remember, again, my thing was be the hardest worker and learn everything. The more you can do, the more you can do. And that worked for me because early on, like when guys on the ones would get hurt, it'd be a random position. And the rest of the rookies and American guys didn't know like, oh, I'm an X. I don't know Z. But I was like, coach, I can, I can do X. I can do Z. I can do it all. I can get in there. And that like two weeks, like a couple of days into uh into to fall camp, that happened. Our best marks we got hurt. So I went in first position. They called a play, it just happened to be for the X. Let's go touchdown. Offensive coordinator, the head coach, you all like after like, hey, like, I didn't know you do. Like they all give me props. I'm like, oh, like it worked. Like I knew it worked, but like I always know that. I still would go in early. I'd be the first one into the facility, go put work in, get extra film in. After practice, work ice tub film i'd be the last one to leave like i just would always show coaches what they would see i he's the first one here he's doing extra work he's the last one to leave yeah. i go and ask questions on so like that that's why i took pride in that and after a while um like that worked and then but you know professional football becomes more of a business at the end of the day like it's you know like it's you couldn't like i know it was like guys running late to meetings and didn't really matter like that's guys, crazy I'm saying like at that point if you're a top guy watching film wasn't that important I, and it, that wasn't the environment I enjoyed to be in like for me I was always always on time everywhere first one there like everything mattered to me and when I in the environment I was in I'm like oh it's just about what you do on you know Saturday or Sunday like nothing else really matters I lost interest in that environment like I commit I went to Woodbury because of people in the environment I went to yeah. UVA people in the environment I'm like oh I think professional sports man at least my experience I was like this is too much for business. Like, I don't love football just for football. I love what it brought with it. I love the challenge. I love the 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 two and ten, trying to go to a bowl game, trying to do all these things. Like that to me meant something. And football is just football sake. I was like, I don't know if I'm in love that much. You know, I was 23. I could barely get out of bed. I could barely go upstairs in the morning. My feet hurt so much. I kind of knew, it. Like, you know, I think it's time to hang the cleats up. Because uh, I just, it, I, I wasn't willing to go to place, the place I went to, to have success in college, like I couldn't go to that place and be happy. I couldn't go to that place and have a wife and kids. I couldn't, like, I can't do that right now and have a happy home life because I have to be there 24 seven. Like my friends, that's that junior year and sophomore year, my friends, like, they never saw me. I was, they would be, we had like a room with, with three other friends before, so they'd always be hanging out there and I'd be out in the morning and I'd come back at like 9 p.m. I would say, hey, I go to bed. I know they, they always make comments like, dude, like we never saw you that. You know, I'm like, yeah, like I, I wasn't happy. Like, I wasn't, I was doing what I had to do to achieve a goal. And then once I did it, I proved to myself I could do it. And now I know in life, like, like this green card was tough, dude. Like life happens and life is a lot harder than football is. But I knew I could, I could overcome anything in life because of what I did in football. Yeah. That was a, that was, a way to learn about life and I invaluable lesson um you know once you become a father once you become all these things like you learn like oh yeah like dropping a ball didn't really matter like make sure my kid has the right resource that's what's important 
Um, but you need to learn about, you need to feel that pain. You need to learn to overcome that pain. So you're ready to go when it truly matters. Uh, so man, football for me was, was that and everything and more. And I love it to this day. I love watching it. Um, but yeah, I just knew it was kind of time for me, man. I knew it was without school. I was bored, intellectually bored. I started doing extra stuff on the side. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to law school. I'm gonna do all these things. I'm gonna start my own company because I wanted to do. Um, because that's kind of where my my joy, what my joy in life is, was is that in more into like a credit company, doing stuff. Like I love law, like all these different things I have passions for, aside of football. Football for me was a coach once said, he said. Uh, Coach Higgins, like you have a purpose in life, uh, you have passions and a purpose. Like, and he said, football, sh like, it sh shouldn't be your purpose because if football is taken away, then what, right? Like, if, yeah, so if today, like, you're still, you're still who you are, you know what I'm saying? Like, whether you're playing football or you're working somewhere in Toronto or you're in UK, like, you are you, regardless of football. Like, that's a passion of yours. So it's like, and the hard thing for me was seeing football being taken away from my teammates and friends, like, like my brother and like seeing how hard it is on them. And I was like, like you, like that's like, you're not, you know, so-and-so football player. Like you are just so-and-so. Yeah. My brother, I'm like, you are my, you're Jalen. You're not Jalen playing football. So like when I saw that too, like I knew that, okay, like I'm more than just this sport and I had to be okay with stepping away. I had to be okay with, uh, and find out who I want to be in life. Um, so I had a lot of soul searching that year. Um, needless to say, the position you're in and the goals you're having, man, like it, they are fully worth pursuing. Like for me, it just it was like I came to put it wasn't my my calling. Um, but I think, man, as you work to this goal, give everything you got to to it. Um, ben Hogg, that guy I told you about, a mentor of mine, and someone that like is so so important in the of my of who I was as a leader as a man football player uh he had, a, he had a saying he said I'd rather wear out than rust out so like he had like the three knee surgeries mm. six years and his thing was like I'd rather just leave it all out here knowing that I did everything I did and didn't work out than to like just sit back and watch and just rust out so wear out man get everything you got freaking go all out if it works great if it doesn't that's okay too but fucking, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to look back and think, oh, I could have done, I could have went earlier. I could have done more mobility. I could have done this and it would have been different. It's like, nah, like, just do everything. You rather look back and shit like, dang, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> like, that's the feeling you want. Like, oh, I did everything. It didn't work. That's okay. But if, if there was, you look back and think, oh, I could have done more. It could have been different. Yeah, that that hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Luckily, I have that feeling. So I, I'm glad I, <laughs> I gave it, gave it my all, man. It was, uh, an amazing ride and it made me who I am today. And I'm forever grateful for that, for that journey, man. It was, it was amazing. Man, that's real. That's real. I, I, I appreciate you sharing really, really cool stuff. Like just last couple of questions here, you know, you kind of just did it in a, in a sense, but what advice, especially cause like I said, you're the one that paved the way for all of us to, to see that we could go do this thing, go ball out down South at division one schools. Um, what advice would you have for those Canadian athletes today that are looking to play college ball in the U S yeah, man, you got to do more. you got like, I remember like looking back, I did a lot. I remember like I was like, with, with Eric and Eddie and Karen, like we were doing a lot mm -hmm. and 
come to the States and I just see what they're doing, man. And they start so much earlier and it means so much more. And the vision's so clear. And they have people around them who are, who have already done it. For us, it's like new, like, man, it it's a lot harder than you think. And having success wherever you are is not enough. Like it's you gotta stay driven, you gotta stay everything you do has to be aligned with this goal. Like you I said, you can't be half pregnant. You, like you can't be, ha- you can't be half pregnant. If you, you know, you gotta be either a hundred percent in or, or not in. And if you think you're doing a lot, you can always do more. You can always do more. Whether you're getting a hundred catches right now, like, I don't know what your number is, make it 200. Like, cause there's someone, there's someone out there doing 200. And uh, Antonio Brown before, you know, the CT kicked in their craziness. Like he was doing 200. I'm looking back now. I mean, we were doing, yeah, what is that? I don't know how much that is, but it was over a hundred. Like there's always someone doing more. Um, so just, I would just say never get complacent. Um, and then just no failure. Failure is a part of the process. Like it's for me, that was a hard thing to learn. Like, like that, you know, I also used to be in Canada being the best and winning and all these things that when failure started hitting me, it was like, I thought I lost all my confidence. Um, and learning that failure, like it's it's there for a reason. You're going to fail. It's going to happen, um, and you just got to learn from it. Just mm-hmm. embrace, it, learn from it, and keep going. Uh, and just yeah, I think those two things are important, man. Which is work harder, and embrace failure, learn, move on. Yeah. So the name of the podcast is the Make It Happen Podcast, right? When I say make it happen, or when you look at your own life, like what does it mean to make it happen to you? Yeah, man, that's great. It reminds me of a saying called sink or swim. I'm sure you heard of that. And that was something that my friends in high school, Woodbury, would say to each other. Uh, and I remember, again, man, surrounding yourself with, with good people is huge. You said, like, you know, you're, you're a reflection of the five people around you. Um, like, my quarterback, I remember after track practices, we have a track practice, man. I'm dead tired. I'm dead tired. We'd be in a locker room. All I'm looking for is hang out a little bit, go eat some food, you know, hang out. And my quarterback come in. Um, he wasn't at track practice. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know. Let's be honest with you. He come in and be like, hey, like, let's let's go throw. I'm like, bro, I just finished track. I just ran some 200. I'm tired. And I remember he challenged me, too. He, he called me lazy. He called me saying, saying, like, you don't want to work, all this stuff. I remember wow. it, too. I remember where it was. I was thinking, this audacity. Like, man, bro, you ain't – you were. I don't know what you're doing all day. I was working, and now you want to do more work. Um, but, like, that was, like, man, it was – this idea of like, again, I was all the saying, like, make it happen is a good one too. I would say our coach had a story about, I'm sure you heard of it. It's like about the sailor who like at, gets the, you know, this businessman as a sailor to go somewhere and get some boats. He, he bought some boats. He said, bring the boats back here. And so like, okay, I'll go. Sailor goes. And then on the way back, some crazy storms happen, you know, all these things. So then he can't bring the boats to the, to the, the businessman. So the sailor returns, say, hey, man, like, hey, there's a storm. There was this. Oh, the wind. Da, 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 da. And then the, the guy said, like, hey, just, just bring in the boats. Like, don't tell me about the storm. Your task was to bring in the boats. I don't want to hear anything else. So we would that we really embodied that message. And we would in film room. What happened here? And he's like, oh, I, I thought da, da, da. just bring in the boats. Like your job is to stop him. Like. I don't care what happened. You didn't do your job. Right. So make it happen to me. When I hear that like sink or swim, man. It's like, regardless, like 
excuses or uh, explanations just aren't welcomed. Like we get it, things happen and you might fail, fine, but like just overcome them, find a way, just find a way, mm. you know, like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's hard, if it's like, I don't care if your job's to do this, if you want to get a scholarship, just make it happen. What do you want to do? Are you willing to go across the country? Are you willing to go to camps all through the South? Are you willing to wake up every day at 5 a.m. and are you willing to work a summer job to buy drugs machines so you can catch balls? Like, are you willing to do that? If not, then don't tell me about, oh, coaches didn't call the right play for me today. Coaches didn't do this. Like, if you're the best player, you're gonna you're gonna play. I don't uh, don't talk about coaches doing this or if you're the best player, you're gonna play. At the end of the day, if you you opportunities need to come to you, you go get it. You know, so like when I hear make it happen, it's have a purpose, have a goal. And regardless of what comes in between it, like you just keep pushing forward hmm. and make that. And just don't make excuses for yourself. Like, oh, you know, this happened, that happened. No, like if you want to go play professional, make it happen. What do you got to do? Okay, here's a plan. If I fail, adjust, keep going. But the, the woe was me and sitting back and saying, all these things happened to me, da, 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 da. No, that's one of my pet peeves, man, was in college hearing people complain about coaches and play calls. I was like, you had, we had a whole spring, we had a whole fall camp, we had all the one-on-ones where you got beat and now you're complaining that you're not getting a route? You, last week, you messed up. That's why you're not in the game right now. Like, all these things are your control, all these things. So don't tell me that coaches, that some other person is stopping you from achieving what you want to do. It's not happening. You control everything, man. So... Yeah, I'm passionate about that. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that. Make it happen, yeah. man. About about people taking control of like you can do whatever you want to do. You mm. can. I truly believe that, and football showed me that. Like, with a period, that sophomore year, I thought I couldn't do it, man. I thought I, I do all this stuff, and I can't have success. Because reminded me, no, you can do it. Just keep going, and then I keep it with me today, man. Like with this coming, trying to start, like all the no's I get, I'm like on to the next. All right, like I'm, it's gonna happen. I'm not gonna say, "Oh, I tried, but th they said no, so therefore I can't do it." Like, no, make it happen. What do I want to do? I'm trying to build something to get my family in a place where they don't have to worry about anything. My wife mm. has to work. My kids' school. If they they want to go to arts or do it, they taken care of. Like that's that's where I'm trying to get to in life. You know, I couldn't do the football, so what's next? You know, okay, start a company, just do it. Like I had the tools, I can do it. Let's learn how to code. Just learn how to code. There's nothing, there's nothing in your way. Everything's, every resource you have in front of you, just make it fucking happen, man. I told you guys it was going to be one of the best to date. One of my favorite ones that I've done up to this point. Such an incredible message. Juice, all that. And it's really cool because it's people like this that are, I'm really excited to have at our football camp the next year. It's going to absolutely explode. Uh, and I just really appreciate, if you're listening to this right now, you're a real one. You made it all the way to the end. I appreciate your support. Let's keep growing this Make It Happen community. We need more leaders. We need no, more people achieving their goals and going and impacting lives. That's the mission of all this stuff. So with that being said, go make it happen out.